0: So if you heat something like a seed at high temperature to give you as much oil as possible, this is the reason why they do it. They add solvents later on, um, hexane, and then they chlorify it in order to remove the hexane, et cetera. It becomes a rancid oil that creates inflammation and and comes with a lot of free radicals that damage uh, your cells. So the uh, scientific community agrees at the moment there are like three big factors for aging. One of them is being stressed. So the free radicals, as we mentioned before, can come from uh, different sources and inflammation. The um, water-soluble antioxidants are very effective for uh, counteracting the damage of DNA. All those are rich in beta-carotene and beta-carotene can convert in the body into pro-vitamin A. Saturated fats are not bad for health. Uh, in big quantities, yes. But the idea is to eat a diversity of fats. Like we are talking about eating a diversity of fibers. We should be eating a diversity of fats as well. And uh, saturated fats are one of them. And we should be having them.
1: Hi, I'm Laure a former HR director turned into a pro makeup artist and a beauty editor. In this podcast, I want to share another way of looking at beauty from the outside and from the inside, from people who create beauty trends to people who help us feel better within our body, from sharing my experience with some beauty products to digging into new ingredients. Welcome to Beauty S'il Vous Plait. So today I have, um, I would say someone that, uh, I wouldn't have thought to have in the sense that, you know, in terms of what she does, um, that is comp- something like quite new to me. And, uh, and I'm, and I'm so happy to have Asma, you know, with us today because she's will be able to explain exactly what she does. I have so many questions, you know, for, for her, um, Asma Lalu is a naturopathic chef. Am I pronouncing it right? Well? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and believe it or not, but in somehow... Um, we have some connection from, I would say, the past uh, because Asma used to work at Master Foods and Master Foods is, for Master Foods or ISI as well. Um, that is the, the group and the company that are producing the Mars, the Twix, the Snickers, uh, the Galaxy, the, the Bounties, the Milky Way, all the chocolate bars that I absolutely love because I grew up with them since my parents, my dad and my stepmom, uh, used to work in this group. And this is what we find out when we met with Asma. And that was you no know, quite um, uh, funny, like to uh, to find out uh, to be to be very honest. Um, so Asma, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, I'm super super happy uh, when we. When I first met you, it was at one of the um, uh, French Business Council Chambre de Commerce de l'Industrie française in Dubai uh, in their Synergy Club. And um, what I loved about you that I think you were talking about hormones, and I'm such a big um, passionate about hormones, everything that has an impact on our body as women and men. Um, but then i wanted to know a bit more about you what you were doing how you came into being a naturopathic chef and what it meant so i think the best is to give you now like the mic and for you to explain us you now how you would you describe yourself
0: thank you so much Laura, for having me and uh, i i was the same thing i was really surprised and very pleased to find a connection i love finding connections Personally, I I am a um, I find myself like being a world citizen. We keep moving from a country to another. So each time I find a connection with somebody, I love it because I have the feeling this world is a village, and I I need those connections because I'm not rooted in one place. So well, how I can describe myself? I um, I uh, was trained in nutrition in the College of Naturopathic Medicine, but not in nutrition as like in detail, I'm not a nutritionist as such. I was trained in uh, nutrition for everyday living. So nutrition applied in the kitchen, something that we can use at a daily basis. Uh, The College of Natural Plastic Medicine started uh, training uh, what we call natural chefs uh, about five or six years ago. And I was, I think the third intake. Um, For me, it was a complete uh, health journey. Um, I I was at my 40s and I uh, just decided to start actually changing a few things in my life. So stopped sugar for a month and then I uh, tried the paleo diet, the keto diet, and my health was just better and better each week, each month. And I was um, discovering something new because I was always a little bit overweight, especially after uh, a, a couple of years in, in, um, in the U.S., it did not help. Uh, and so changing sl- slowly, actually, my food habits, but also my lifestyle. So I started exercising and not cardio. I started doing strength training uh, and high-intensity interval training. Like it's a cardio, but it's a different type that really trains your heart differently. I started fasting. I I usually fast during Ramadan, but in Morocco, the way we fast is absolutely not healthy. So we, we end up eating much more uh, than when we usually don't fast. Uh, So I started fasting in a healthier way and my body actually responded. And I started just losing weight, gaining energy. And I had a small tumor actually in the brain. And with just about five months of changing my lifestyle and and habits, it disappeared from MRI whilst it was treated for about 12 years and it did not um, improve. So that was amazing enough for me to make a change in my life and to say, well, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I was... Uh, a freelance consultant doing digital marketing for small, medium-sized uh, companies or organizations, nonprofits, profits etc. At that time, and I moved into training as a chef and a natural chef. Um, it it really changed my life and my family's life, but I think for for the better. Um, this this kind of energy is not boosted by coffee or chocolate or anything I have this energy just normally every day just because I'm not um, I think slowing down my body with a few things I'm not cutting I'm not about uh, having restrictions in life I when I we celebrate things there is enough uh, things for pleasure around me and uh, I'm a foodie so I i definitely encourage people to keep actually those pleasures for specific times but on a daily basis our body needs nourishment to be able to function and to give us the best of who we are
1: amazing um, amazing what uh, um can you if we just go back you know to how you became uh, a natural chef what was the path and, you know, maybe you can tell us as well, you know, from um, a food perspective or a nutrition, you know, perspective, uh, the fact that you travel in different countries, you did the US, you did Egypt as well, you did London, and then you came to Dubai before that you were in France. Um, just yeah. to understand, you know, how was the process from you, for you, like from being in a corporate world? and then changing your career to do what you do today?
0: Um, so first the corporate world, uh, it took me about 10 years uh, that I spent with, uh, with Mars and I love that time. This is where I learned really who, how, how to work in, in a, an organized and efficient way. Uh, the company has amazing values and we lived really by the values. And it was not just uh, printed on uh, a poster. Um, so uh, I, I love that. After that, I moved into being a freelance and the reason why we moved, it was for our family, basically. Uh, I, it was my husband and I, both of us were, used to work for, for Mars at that time. And we used to um, kind of uh, fight between each other about our, our careers. It's my career. It's my turn to travel this week. It's New York turn, etc. We used to travel quite a lot. Uh, and I found that actually not being, um, uh, uh, I uh, how would say that? Um healthy in terms of relationship with my husband. And at that time, we did not have a a good nanny. We used to, I used to stress a lot and shout on the kids because they were not fast enough to prepare themselves and go to school, la 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 la. And I decided this is exactly not what I had in mind when I would have a family. So I decided to step out and my, my, what I cared about at that time in my life was something different. So decided to step out, this is where I left Mars and I started being a stay-at-home mom. I did that for about three months, and I realized that I love my kids, but I absolutely need to have something else in my life. Uh, and I started looking for maybe a part-time job or something that I can do where I could add value, where I could use my brain and be, have a social responsibility in, 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 in society and still uh, be available for my kids uh, part-time. And uh, I ended up actually working uh, for uh, a small company consulting with the European Commission for health uh, projects that were funded by the European Commission. I did that for a couple of months, but coming from Mars and the high speed and being performant and looking after key performance indicators, etc, to something very bureaucratic and slow as the European Commission, that was too much of, of a change. Uh, And at that time, I decided to switch and go and create my own business. So I uh, launched a platform for supporting women who have skills and who decide to step out uh, of their careers to look after their family and kids and want to have a side uh, business at that time. I did that for a couple of uh, years. So it was called famactive.com. And um, I supported many, many women. I did lots of talks and conferences. And then I converted myself into doing uh, digital marketing. So this is where I started actually as well, freelancing and working for uh, like startups, small companies like that, or like medium sized companies or nonprofit organizations who did not afford to take an agency, etc. cetera. Uh, and really the change was uh, when, when we did the change from uh, moving from uh, the US to the UK, At my 40s, I decided that I wanted to do something different and something that was more closer to me. Uh, At that time, it was the beginning of the war in Syria, and there was a need actually for supporting people. I mean, all what I was seeing online was hurting uh, my, my personal feelings, and I wanted to do something. I started actually doing lots of donations, but it was at my level and my size, and I said, well, I have a skill. I I I love cooking and baking. I always have always been a, a baker, and I love sweets, etc. Uh, what can I do? And I decided. Well, I have this. I love cooking, and Moroccan cooking comes me comes very easily to me, and uh, the baking as well. Let me do that. Let me use my skills and. Um, Uh, create uh, like an event. It was the the month of December in London. So I created like pop-up lunches and uh, dinners, uh, Moroccan themed, uh, Moroccan hampers as well with bakes and lots of products that I have curated myself and made like those um, um, ethical Uh, ethical gifts for yourself, if you want to offer that to yourself or to somebody else. And that was raising money for uh, Syrian uh, nonprofit organizations I knew in the US. I did that for the whole month of December. And I realized there was a big uh, calling actually for uh, this kind of um, services or products. And I decided, okay, well, coming in January after the holidays, I'm gonna start working on a business for launching a Moroccan, uh, high-end quality pastry in London, because there is, there is, uh, there is, the market is asking for that. But during all that two weeks of holidays, I was sent by you, the, the, the universe, let's say, or personally, I believe in God. And for me, it was God sending me all those messages about sugar and sugar uh, problems and health problems we have due to that. Um, I don't know how it came, but honestly, I have, this is the period where I have read most articles and even books and TED talk, I listened to TED Talks and, and other videos, etc. about sugar. And uh, when I came back, I was, uh, I decided actually to start a personal journey. I was about 10 kilo overweight after the US and pregnancies and other things. Um, I decided, okay, let me just try it for a month. I'm gonna try sh- going sugar free, hundred percent. And I asked the kids to help me and and my husband as well. And said, okay, we are going to empty all the cupboards, and let's uh, let me let me try this and see really if it if if it does work. Um, so everybody was cooperative. Whenever they wanted something, they had it outside of home. At home, there was nothing uh and actually it did work Uh, after about two to three weeks I did not crave I was not looking for any sugar anymore I was much more stable myself like emotionally I did not need actually to eat as much I used to need to eat um and I said okay well I love it now what more what can I learn more and this is where I started trying Uh, paleo because all those videos again when we start looking at videos actually YouTube proposes um, or suggests actually videos that that go into the same direction so I started the paleo diet so I removed not only sugar but also other processed foods I even removed the beans and I was like okay well actually I feel much better Uh, this is all whole foods and it makes sense I'm not restricting myself because I'm having nutrients etc and then I I, I, uh, I wanted to go a bit further I said well I, I launched myself in this journey let's learn and go into something maybe a little bit extreme like the ketogenic diet and I tried that for five months I um, uh, I followed actually the recommendations of a doctor Um, I need to to remember his name is uh, Rosenberg, I think, Dr. Rosenberg. And he explained actually all the hormonal balance that you need actually to stabilize yourself, to stabilize your insulin, but stabilize your leptin, your ghrelin. I mean, there are so many hormones involved in uh, the process of uh, wanting to lose weight and and keep it off later on, especially. Um, So I did that for about five weeks. I loved it. I lost a lot of weight. Uh, And ketogenic diet is definitely one great, and very fast way for seeing results. I like seeing results quite quickly. That motivates me in terms of um, keeping up uh, the momentum. Uh, Other people actually prefer to do it slowly, baby steps over maybe six to nine months. And that's absolutely fine. It, it, It depends who you are and what works for you. There is no one size fits all actually. Um, So I did that for five weeks and the result was amazing. And after the five weeks, I decided that was enough for me. I lost about 10 kilos, that's about 20, 22 pounds. Um, I did not need to lose more. I was having enough energy and I wanted to reintroduce the fruits, especially I stopped fruits even at that time. And I was like, okay, I love them so much. There are so many vitamins that I um, that I might be missing. Actually, I, I uh, consulted with the nutritionist just to make sure I did all the blood tests. Actually, that were required at that time. Everything was perfect. All my triglycerides, the le- the, the insulin, the blood sugar, everything was perfect. Um, And I was really trying to do it the right way. I was eating lots of vegetables, but the fibrous ones. Uh, I was not eating keto the way usually we market it online, which is eat all the fat you want. No, I was actually concentrated on the healthy fats, which is the omega-3s. I had some saturated fats, for sure, saturated fats are usually vilified as... Uh, something very bad for your cardiovascular system, but it's not. It's 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 maybe when it is mixed with carbohydrates, yes. If you take, for example, a croissant, it will not help you. You have the butter, but, you, but then you have the carbohydrates with it. But if you take just the butter with vegetables, with broccoli or green beans or something, the effect is completely different. And this is what people don't necessarily know or understand. And, and we usually go for dogma butter is is very bad, saturated fats are bad for health. And it's not true. We need them in a certain quantity, definitely. And it's not, we need them in 100% uh, of of our diet. Um, So uh, slowly I started reintroducing uh, food like uh, fruits and um, uh, in very small quantity, initially grains as well. I started by the non-gluten ones because I wanted actually to help myself to continue doing some gut healing uh, uh, at the same time, and that was amazing. But what I just did not mention, maybe I mentioned it at the very beginning, is I did not just do keto or paleo on its own. I was preparing a run with my sister at that time, and there, it was a six kilometer run. It was not much, but for me it was a lot. I was very sedentary in, in the US and even before, and here I was preparing a run I was fasting. I was doing the intermittent fasting, um, usually 16 hours a day. This is what I was doing. And it was giving me lots of health benefits and, and uh, clarity as well. Mind clarity Um, and the exercising, the high intensity interval training helps very, very, very much. So don't so so when I usually uh, meet people who want to go on keto, it's not just the keto, it's, it's many things all together that work actually and that give you the benefit. If you want to improve your health and not just lose weight, my objective was not just to lose weight, but to go through a health journey.
1: So on what you said, I have like several questions, obviously. Um, first, so I've had as well... um a time where we stopped having anything sugary at home we emptied as well you know like you uh, the cupboard because we were we watched a movie called that sugar film or yeah at the time and basically he the 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 guy was doing um, an experiment on not eating healthy but just like the impact of sugar in our body so someone he was someone who used to eat very healthy was an australian guy and then by just um buying things from outside you know in the in the street or the supermarket and even though it was like organic um uh, the brand promoting things for a healthy diet there are so much sugar in there so anyway Mm -hmm. so we decided just to stop it um, I would say that today, you know, we, we eat quite some sugar at home, but like going back to your experience now, how did you, how did you do that? You know, what, how was your body reacting or how did you react when, uh, you stopped eating sugar and even for your husband or for your kids?
0: So. Initially, it was my my journey. So I did not want them to stop. I wanted first to stop myself and see how it went. As I mentioned, the first week or two were difficult. Where- why, yeah.
1: why, why was it difficult? What was the effect that you could see it- or feel?
0: Yeah, it's like, it's like um, when you, I, I personally never smoked, but I, when people describe smoking and when you have, when you go through the first weeks of first days of stopping smoking, there is something missing because you used to have something. So sugar is something that is uh, triggering our hormones as well and triggering pleasure and dopamine. So when you stop actually giving the body that dose of pleasure, it's requesting, it's requesting it, so it Definitely, uh, you are going through withdrawal, um, and you have uh, side effects. Uh, so for one to two weeks, definitely, I was feeling that uh, sensation, and I was having craving, and I was and and the the the, the way uh, that I was um, I was managing it is is by increasing my healthy food. So whenever I felt hungry. Uh, or sorry wanting to go to a sugary thing i was replacing it by something sweet but a healthier version that did not help actually with losing weight but my objective first was to stop the sugar as such
1: so just to go back to the 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 effect that you had so sugar is like a drug it acting like a drug on our body um but how did you feel did you feel like did you did you feel nervous did you feel like um angry or did you feel like having headaches um
0: uh, i would yeah i would not say uh, headaches uh, but it's mainly the the the, the cra- i think it was for me it was mainly the craving uh, something i did not mention is i um uh, i i used to have some acne not 100% of acne all over but i had some acne And uh, that is a sign, actually, of having a little bit of candida overgrowth as well and having a dysbiosis in terms of your um, gut flora. And when you have a dysbiosis and you have more yeast than what you should be having, actually, it's the yeast who is asking for the sugar because they love this is what they eat. They eat sugar uh, to uh, reproduce and um, populate your guts. Uh, so during those one to two weeks when you're not giving them enough of what they used to need, they are sending the signal actually through the vagueness nerves to your brain to say, Hey, I'm missing this, send it over. So it's not necessarily you as a person who is asking, is somebody part of you that is asking for it. Right. And, and sorry. Yes. And, and knowing that this kind of information, I was kind of educating myself and saying, well, it's not you, it's them. So you don't have to feed them. If you want to reduce their quantity in your belly, you have to reduce it. So I was kind of speaking to myself in order to um, uh, not go for, uh, I mean, stop the the whole challenge, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah I think I mean what you're saying in terms of having acne um and having yeast this is basically what I'm going through at the moment and this for a few months now I'm just like the past few days now I've eat, I've been eating a lot of sugar I mean I love sugar I I have sweet teeth and we talked about that you know together um and 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 for the past 2 days I'm just having like spots like you know you can see bam bam like everywhere it's and I know it's sugar but it's so difficult like to uh to stop it but I think that you're giving me like the motivation <laughs>
0: I hope so I hope so, so. honestly so- it's not difficult as long as soon as you understand all the for me what was important actually what really encouraged me into keeping it keeping up actually with with the challenge uh, because it started really a, like a challenge like okay i have got to challenge myself for one month. Uh, to stop sugar. That was the challenge. And after that, I increased to something else, etc. What really helped me is all this education that I started surrounding myself with is understanding what is the impact of sugar on on, on health in general. And I was starting to see connections with what I was noticing as symptoms in myself. Oh, I have this. Oh, I, I, yes, actually, when I, when there is a, a party and I increase my intake of sugars, I see those things more. Um, so like, like I,
1: what, like what, Asma, can you tell us a bit more?
0: It, it's the bloating. Really? It's the bloating is the acne. Um, it's the, the cravings. The more I ate, well, it's like, oh, oh, when, the more I ate like earlier in the days, sorry, earlier in the day uh, something sweet if my breakfast was very sweet the whole day I'm craving sugar uh, and if I started day on a, on, a, on a British kind of breakfast uh, with eggs and beans and uh, and uh, even potato even if it is a starch but it's it's it has to be digested etc with tomatoes and, and mushrooms etc it was it was much better So a few things where I started to to notice, oh my God, okay, so actually it does make a difference. And that's why I said it's really a journey. It took me about four to five months, and I was learning slowly, bit by bit. It's not just the sugar, it's the sugar and the carbohydrates, and, 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 and.
1: So you said that you replaced sugar with um, other food that was providing you as well some uh, or, or a different kind of sugar what what did you replace it?
0: okay so in or, morocco yeah.
1: we use with which lot of food,
0: food. <laughs> it's it's the the well the, the sweet part comes from the dried fruits that that is something that we use a lot in morocco like dates and uh, raisins and things of that sort figs and plums etc Um, so instead of having a sweet, I would take a date and put maybe two almonds in it or one walnut in it. And that would be, um, but it would not be just one date it would be me two or three dates at that time. I was not satisfied with a small quantity. (laughs) I was coming from really being a baker and my kids used to love actually all those things. So I used to bake a lot.
1: And then did you stop baking?
0: Uh, For for a period of time, for that period where I stopped the sugar, definitely I stopped. So I asked them actually to and my husband to buy things outside and to eat it outside so that it does not come into the house. Yes, for definitely the first month. And then after that, I decided to go on to paleo. It was even stricter for myself, but the kids were seeing me change and mommy is doing something. And they were watching, they were still able to buy a few things, but definitely the quantity was reducing. And by the end of the challenge, actually, I uh, told them that I'm not going to buy um, sweets, biscuits, et cetera, like um, processed ones outside anymore. I'll make them at home. I'll make them healthier with natural sugars, like with dates or with honey or with maple syrup, et cetera. But I reduced the quantity of the, the sweetness in, in whatever we eat, we ate. And even the kids now, uh, now it's been five years, they, their taste buds are much more sensitive to sweetness. So whenever we go to Morocco and we have the normal Moroccan sweets and uh, pastries, they find it too sweet. And they have maybe one and say, oh, it's too sweet. And it's not a pleasure, it's just too much.
1: Yeah. Um, what is paleo? I mean, we've heard a lot, you know, the past uh, of maybe three, four years ago, everyone was going on to paleo, then everyone went to keto. Um, w- what is paleo? Can you tell us a bit more? What does it consist of?
0: Okay, so I'm not an expert on it, but what I uh, what I know about paleo is basically coming back to how our ancestors used to eat. Uh, they would eat... Um, what, so it's a hunter-gatherer, so hunter meaning whatever you can hunt, uh, you can eat, and usually they would eat Uh, what we call nose to tail so if they eat uh, animal uh, products they would eat it nose to tail uh, and they would not just eat the muscle part of it so this is what we use do today we go and have a chicken breast or a filet mignon which is a very specific part of what do we do with the whole the whole rest of the animal Uh, so this is where i started making uh, stocks And because when you cook actually those bones and the joints, you release a lot of things and nutrients actually from that. And that's a very much healing part, uh, sorry, nutrients actually for your guts um i uh started actually you uh, well in, in Morocco we u- we, we use uh, uh organ organ meats uh but we don't have them all the time we have them in special occasions so here i was increasing a little bit my intake of uh, organ meats as well and i uh increased as well the vegetables and the variety of the vegetables i used to eat maybe a variety of 10 vegetables basically and here i was like hey okay, let's be Curious, and when I went to uh, the farmers market, I would ask, "So, what is this vegetable, and what is that, how do you cook it?" They would give me one or two ideas. I'll take one like vegetable new every week, and I would try it, and I would see. Like uh, rutabaga uh, is is one of those vegetables. It's part of the brassica family. It's it's like. Um, uh, the cauliflower and the broccoli family is very healthy. You can uh, marinate it like in Carpaccio style and have it in a, in a, in a salad or uh, grate it in your salad. And you don't see it actually, but it's a type of fiber. Uh, and we need to eat as much fiber and, and diversity of fibers as possible because our gut flora is very diverse and we want it to be very diverse actually um, to support our health rather than having one or two or three strains which are much bigger than the others and this is where we have an imbalance actually so coming back to paleo uh, lots of fiber and different types of fiber but reducing uh, the beans so i was not having beans anymore i was not having grains i believe anymore Um, and uh, and i was still having fruits so i was still having fruits uh, and even dried fruits so that was a, a source of sugar. So at that time, again, my weight went a little bit down, but not much, but not that much. Um, and and my, dish, my digestion was much better because I was not eating grains as much and I was not eating the beans as much. And that helps actually with digestion. So when you release your digestive system from doing a lot of work, you have energy that comes back. This is the energy that I was saying before. You, when you lose weight, uh, it's not automatic that you gain energy. The energy comes from a digestion being easier and better. So this is, I think, how it, I would summarize uh, paleo.
1: And and then after paleo, so you were curious to try another diet like keto?
0: Absolutely. So the keto diet uh, I was at the, the beginning at that time. And I heard about it, but I did not want to do it in um in 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 uh, in a way where i was just following a youtube video or uh, uh, somebody who tried it i went to really research about who are the scientists who have been recommending a keto diet for a while and one of them was uh, dr rosenberg and uh, i re- i bought his book i read the book i understood actually the connections between Um, the diet and the impact on the hormones. And that made sense. And when I was convinced this is, so this is during the month where I was doing paleo, I was reading the book and I was like, okay, now I understand it makes totally sense. I want to try it on myself and see if that is going to help me to get even better at losing the, the stubborn weight that I had. And also learn something new, because I was in this learning journey, my project of launching a a bakery, a Moroccan bakery, like was vanishing day after day. So I needed another project basically.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I mean, basically, so uh, keto is replacing that, you know, anything that could be like glucose, like for instance, um, uh, sugar, but using like fatty acids. So, Butter, correct? I mean, that is still like need for our body. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Uh, butter is one of the fatty acids, but there are, you, you, you have a diversity of, of fats that you can eat. So keto is basically um, reducing uh, glucose sources to a minimum. And then you decide what is the minimum level that you want to go through. Some people go to a 5%. Some people go to 10, 15, 20%. Um, I, I was, honestly, I was not counting and doing percentages at that time. What I did is uh, following the recommendations of the doctor that I mentioned, and he was given um, very practical ideas about the sizes, the size of the meat should be about the size of your palm, uh, the, the the quantity of fat. Basically he was saying, I don't want you to be hungry. So at that time I was snacking as well, So trying to have my three meals and snacking because that was the beginning of the journey. So I did not want to be hungry in order not to uh, be tempted by going and eating uh, something with lots of carbohydrates. So I was having lots of nuts, avocados, um, uh, fatty fish, uh, some meats. I absolutely did not have any source of plant protein at that time because the purpose was to reduce carbohydrates and the plant protein are rich in carbohydrates. So during that time, I would not call it a sustainable way of eating, but it's a therapeutic way for a couple of weeks or months until you reach your objective, you learn how to eat in a different way and then you can reintroduce. So nowadays I eat uh, a diversity of uh, um, of proteins, whether they are uh, animal-based or plant-based. Uh, so coming back to keto, it's... Um, so keto done in the right way should be having uh, a, a good amount of fiber, and that was maybe the base of my diet, and then I was increasing uh, and, and so th- that fiber is basically feeding your gut microbiome, your, your gut flora, and trying to adjust the, the dysbiosis that I had that time uh, with the candida, et cetera. And I did not go to a doctor who diagnosed it, et cetera. It's really by symptoms. And the, the less sugar I ate and less carbohydrates I ate, the flatter my stomach was the less acne I had, the more energy I had. So for me, that was enough. I don't need to go to a doctor for that, actually. And um, so eating uh, sufficient amount of fibers, uh, very limited amount of carbohydrates. And the only carbohydrates I had actually were coming from vegetables. So broccoli is a carbohydrate. It has sugar in it, tiny, but it has uh, courgette, It's a carbohydrate, it has fiber and it has a tiny amount of sugars, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Another uh, source of carbohydrates that I had was nuts. So almonds are rich in fat, they are rich in protein and also have an amount of carbohydrates. So almonds, cashews, cashews are richer actually in sugar and they they, they taste a little bit sweeter as well. Um, Walnuts, um, Brazilian nuts, all those healthy fats uh, are amazing, and it's a great source, not only of fats, but also protein and fiber. As I said, the the idea is to diversify the sources of your fibers, Um, so that's important. Uh, Fats actually were coming as well from uh, omega three. so my omega-3s, I was trying actually to increase my omega-3 intake because I understood that uh, it reduces inflammation in the body And I was coming really from a standard American diet. I I lived in the U.S. with my family for three years, but even before that, I was having something we can call a standard American or Western diet, very rich in uh, omega-3, oh, sorry, omega-6s. So we had too much omega-6 in our diet, very low omega-3, and that actually induces a pro-inflammatory state in, in the body. So my objective was as well to have a special focus on increasing my omega-3 intake. So I was uh, choosing the eggs, uh, eggs that uh, where the chicken were fed with flaxseed, for example, where the chicken were pasture-raised as much as possible because they would eat um, those um, uh, little, um, not, not microbes, but the, those little bugs. Uh, and, and, and they would eat that plant, they, they choose, et cetera, that makes their egg actually richer in omega-3s than, in, than omega-6. Omega-6 would come actually from the, the corn, the soy, uh, and, and the grains in general that, is, that are given to the chicken to grow faster and be fatter. And, um, and then you would have an egg or even the, the meat would be too much rich in omega-6 rather than omega-3.
1: What, what does omega-6 bring to us? And what does omega-3 bring to us? in terms of nutrients, in terms of impact in our body and well-being?
0: Okay, so very good question. So both of them are what we call essential fatty acids. So we need to give the body these two fatty acids, and then the body can make any type of fat it needs. Uh, Our body needs actually different types of, of, of fats, and it can make it on its own as long as you give it the building blocks, the Legos. So the two Legos that it needs is just omega-3 and omega-6. If you give these two, it's able to make any type of fat. Um, so we have enough omega-6 in our life. We don't need to look for more of that. So you have that in your uh, grains, your seeds, your nuts, um, a little bit in the legumes as well. You have it in the meat because the the, the usually the, the, the cow, the chicken, et cetera, have eaten grains and the grains are rich in omega-6s. Um, So we have enough of omega-6. That's not a problem. And the big problem with omega-6 is we have maybe too much. We have it too much because we've about, I don't know how many years now, but uh, about uh, 50 to 70 years now, we are making those vegetable oils that you see those golden oils are made of corn or soy or um, canola and all that. These are uh, not only inflammatory because of the way they are produced and processed, but also they are uniquely rich or very, very rich in omega-6s. And the ratio would be like very big. So you would have maybe a 40 to 1 omega-3, 40 omega-6s to 1 omega-3. So very, very different. And very this b-
1: can this can create some inflammation as well.
0: Exactly. So ideally, in an ideal world, we should be eating as much omega-3 and omega-6, one and one. Um, In a a Western normal uh, diet nowadays, we estimate that we eat one omega-3 for 20 omega-6s. Okay, in the US they have uh, done a study about five years ago when I was looking at the topic and they found that actually people who had chronic diseases, obesity, diabetes, uh, cardiovascular diseases, et cetera, they had in their diet uh, one omega-3 to 50 omega-6s. So it was a huge, huge difference. And that introduced or induced a very um, pro-inflammatory state uh, that did not help them and, and induced actually chronic diseases as well. So we should be looking as much as possible to reduce the omega-6, sorry, uh, yes, omega-6. So in, in, in my case, I when I understood all that, I did a big cleanup, and so not only the sugars, but I cleaned up as well the cupboard from all the oils that were pro-inflammatory. So I only kept cold pressed olive oil, um, cold pressed avocado oil, cold-pressed, because the cold-pressed is is not for the omega-3 and omega-6s, it's mainly for the rancidity. So if you heat something like a seed at high temperature to give you as much oil as possible. This is the reason why they do it. They add solvents later on, um, hexane, and then they chlorify it in order to remove the hexane, etc. It becomes a rancid oil that creates inflammation and, and comes with a lot of free radicals that damage uh, your cells, whatever the cell uh, in, in the body.
1: So for instance, the canola oil is to avoid, the sunflower oil is to avoid when cooking? Absolutely because because they are when you hit them it's what they are liberating or they are freeing some uh, radical free or some toxins exactly
0: so first of all they are produced in a way that already they are rich in free radicals because of the way they are produced they are heated to high high temperatures so that oxidize the oil and and after that, as I mentioned, they, they go through solvents and uh, um, uh, chlor in order to remove those uh, solvents uh, so that they are all uh, shiny and golden, etc. And we find them, because when they go through all this treatment, they are brown, they are completely brown. They are burnt, basically. And they chlorify they them so that you can see a very nice golden oil. And then you, it's appealing for you and you buy it. That's already rancid. And then when you, if you decide to go for frying, it's even worse. You are reintroducing another level of free radical inside. So you're eating something very rich in free radicals. I'm not saying that for myself that I'm not eating at all anything fried. That's not true. But I'm having that really from time to time, tiny quantities. And I make sure in my diet on a daily basis, I have enough antioxidants. So antioxidants is what counteracts the free radicals basically and if you want to cover uh, the aging process this is the big 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 topic in terms of what kind of food we should be looking after antioxidants
1: we will come to that but just to go back to the free radicals what uh, what do they do on our body and <clears throat> yeah i understand it's coming from uh, some of the oils but is it coming from as well the meat that we would cook too much or the fish or anything that get burnt this is where we would get like free radicals uh
0: free radicals is usually uh are, are usually coming from oxidation so you would so this is when you have a reaction with oxygen uh, so you would have that uh, mainly in um oils which are not stable like what we call uh Poly unsaturated fats. They are very unstable fats. Uh, they are very healthy, omega 3 and omega 6. They are absolutely healthy. We need them, but we need them as much as possible raw. They oxidize with um, oxygen, but they are very sensitive to heat and light. So, those oils is better to have them raw. To have them in a bottle which is a black kind of or dark bottle glass bottle and not uh, to and not to heat them and not expose them to light as much as possible so that's one thing L- let's take just the example of for example of an apple when you cut an apple and you leave it on the vitamin c that is uh, on on that apple with the oxygen will oxidize okay there is a reaction a chemical reaction uh, and it is oxidized. So when you eat it, that browned face that you have of the apple is rich in, fa- in, in, in free radicals as well. So it's better to remove that that part. Or the avocado is the same thing. It's not just the oil. So this this kind of reaction can happen in many many things. That nowadays the 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 main source of of free radicals is food, but not only food. So you have the you have free radicals in the air that we. We, we breathe, uh, unfortunately. Um, so that creates as well, a big source of free radicals. Uh, but if we can at least reduce them in our diet, that would be amazing. So I think what you started mentioning about the meat is something slightly different. So we have the free radicals, uh, which is about the oxidation. And the other part is what we call um, glycation. When you have, for example, you take meat and you cook it at high temperature, there is the fat in it, there is a little bit, uh, so there is the fat with the high temperature, again, because because it's usually the fat actually that creates the the problem that is going to uh, transform and it gives you what we call glycation end product. Glycation end product is something that ages our cells and make us look older as well. You know, what I
1: find um, interesting in what you're saying is you've been in a journey to remove sugar uh, from your diet. Um, And a few days ago, I was looking onto Instagram and this, this, uh, French lady, I think she's based in the U S her name is the glucose goddess. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, if you know her, but basically what she was saying is, um, sugar has a high impact into the aging process. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, on our skin, on our body, um, And, and it's, I mean, it's funny, it's not funny, but it's quite interesting, you know, the phases you went through, like removing sugar, the paleo uh, diet as well, that is, as you said, eating food the way that it is, but uh, uh, not adding, you know, anything refined. Mm -hmm. Um, The keto as well, uh, with not having a reducing glucose. And adding a bit more of um, uh, fatty acids, or naturally you no know, fatty acids, and um, and understanding as well, you know how uh, what are the oils that have more free radicals? And honestly, I had no idea on the fact that they were using uh, Clorox, of a kind of, to. Make the oil nicer, and that they were already uh, or had already gone through a process, um, and 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 this has such an impact now on on our body. And I think that we still we a lot of people, and I'm probably part of of it as well. Is we want to uh, avoid be conscious of what we are eating has such an impact on our body, rather than just like, oh no, but I'm eating. So it's good, no, it's even not like I'm giving fuel to my body, I'm just like eating. Some people are not conscious about, we're just eating, 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 but what is the impact of food on our body, on on, on how our muscles um, are growing, or maintaining as well, um, on how we are digesting, on on our hormones, on how we can see on our hair on how we feel our mental health as well food has a lot to do with our mental health um and in the conversation that we are having today asMA uh, is indeed no i was quite interested to understand how food has an impact on how we are aging or their aging process i'm not into like anti-aging because we're all going to the same direction, you know, I mean, at some point, we won't be on earth anymore. <laughs> and that's a reality. Um, but I think I'm 40. And, and I feel that like it's only today where I'm really realizing the impact on food on my on my health. Um when, when this lady was saying like, yes, you know, when you're eating sugar, the process is fermentation you know, into your body and fermentation, as you can see, even like with, you know, with wine, the grapes is being fermented and the grapes you now is kind of aging and you can see as well. And then this is where I realized that this is what's happening, you know, in my body as well. When I'm eating sugar, I'm actually, you no know, ferment- Fermenting inside, and therefore it has a lot of impact you now on my skin. And I was like, maybe this is why you know I have so many like not fine lines, but I can see you know my my skin is super uh, how to say super super thin, and uh, and already you know at the age of 20, 25 I had those uh, um, those fine lines you no know, on the outer corner of my eyes, um, so. So yeah, I, I find it like so interesting and I would love to understand you know, from you, um, Asma, what what are the ingredients of food that you would recommend to age better?
0: Okay, sure, sure, absolutely. So basically, um, nowadays I think we we know uh, the like the major risks of or the major the, the major risks that make us age faster. So we have identified the, the the key nutrients required to counteract or to slow down the aging. So we're not talking about anti-aging as you said, but like slowing down the aging as much as possible. Uh, so nowadays you can consult with a functional medicine doctor and you can order a comprehensive organic test that can show you exactly your biological status versus the, the health limits that they have identified as being the limit for being, for not aging too fast and where you're you're functioning optimally. And that actually helps you to to define exactly your risk factors and what you need to address for slowing down the aging. But the problem is those tests are not available everywhere and those tests are very expensive. So um, to help actually to uh, raise awareness and explain uh, what we can do. I've started preparing a masterclass with a, um, a naturopath here in Dubai and where we are going to share all the details about how the body works, how the aging process works, what are the nutrients actually that are very key to have in your diet so that you um, uh, prepare your body to, 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 to age but slower, uh, and not to have big impacts too early. And I'm going to share with you as much as possible today. So um, the first one is understanding the, the cellular aging. So anything that ages that we saw from, we see from outside, whether it's gray hair or wrinkles or uh, the, 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 the quality of our skin, et cetera, uh, or sometimes it could be the brain. We're not maybe focused as much as before. We can't remember as much detail. We forget, et cetera. So our um, mental sharpness as well is 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 uh, reducing with time. This is all coming back to our cells internally that are aging. So understanding how that works is very, very important. And what we have uh, found out uh, until now what researchers have found that um, there are things in terms of lifestyle that either accelerate the the aging and to give you examples uh, food is one of them so excess food so when you're eating too much so it's not just about what you eat but just the quantity of what you eat Um, excess food excess sugar excess alcohol definitely The second point is about inflammatory diet, and this is what we were talking about before, how to eat differently and how to reduce the pro-inflammatory food in your diet. The third thing is uh, environmental toxins. This is very, very important. As I mentioned before, some of those free radicals are not only in our diet, they are in our environment that we are surrounded by. So we should know about that and we should reduce them. So in the month of this, uh, sorry, in the month of November, I'm running um, uh, a couple of awareness classes about endocrine disruptors and environmental toxins that are surrounding us. And really the objective is for people to understand what they are, not to frighten people, but to understand what they are and to decide which ones they can start like what are the hanging fruits in their life they can reduce uh uh, as much as possible so that they reduce the um, the load of of environment toxins and the last part sorry this was just a parenthesis but the last point in, in terms of accelerating the the aging is smoking so excess food sugar alcohol inflammatory foods environmental toxins and smoking so those are the four uh kind of risk factors for aging faster. You want to age faster, this is exactly what you should be doing. Now on the opposite, if you want to prevent um, uh, aging uh, in a fast way and you want to prevent uh, getting uh, chronic dementia uh, as well, etc., there is something very, very clear. Today is we're talking about a healthy diet that has specific nutrients that our body needs. In some cases we need supplementation. I am a chef, I'm all about food and not, I'm not uh, accredited actually to uh, prescribe supplementation but if I see that is needed, I usually recommend it to people to go and, and consult where they're with their doctor or a nutritionist to be able to have them. Uh, the third one is fasting. Fasting is an amazing way because I mentioned before excess food is accelerating the aging. So fasting in a way or another, you decide how much you want to go. You want to go, to the minimum is 12 hours a day of fasting. Uh, so if I finish my dinner at eight o'clock in the evening, I don't have my breakfast until eight o'clock in the morning, that's the minimum. Uh, but you can go 14, 16 hours. People can go to, uh, to maybe have it only one meal a day. Uh, what we call OMAD, Uh, so they would fast maybe for 20 or 22 hours and have one meal a day. Um, Some people would just restrict the time where they're eating. This is what we call intermittent fasting. Uh, So all this is very good for not uh, uh, aging your body too fast. And the last part, and which was very surprising for me initially, was meditation and praying, because uh, one researcher in um, in the U.S. So it's Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn in the University of California, uh, uh, who showed actually in her research that meditation lengthens the telomere. The telomere are those um, the top part of your chromosomes. Uh, so the longer the longer they are, the telomere, the longer you live basically this is what they found and by doing meditation and praying you 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 lengthen the the, the long of those telomeres so uh, this is something very new and I, I'm, I'm, I'm 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 um uh how to say that i need factual information And I heard many times about uh, meditation or praying being important for uh, well-being in general, but this is something very new that it touches really your your aging as well.
1: To go back to what you were saying about fasting, um, indeed, beginning of this year of 2022, I did a program because I wanted to lose weight. I actually realized that I don't need to lose weight. I probably... (laughs) You no, do. I don't. <laughs> um, but again, few kilos no during Christmas, no New Year Eve, like the, all the holiday season, whatever. But and then indeed, you know, I'm I'm a snacker, so I love snacking. <laughs> Like all through day nearly, which is really bad, and especially like you know, in the evening, but what I realized is, indeed, when I was stopping eating like at eight and then eating again, maybe at seven or eight, my digestion was much better. I had less bloating. Um, now, on the other hand, um uh, what I'm hearing or seeing as well is um intermittent fasting. Can have uh, a negative impact on our hormones, at least for women. For men, I don't know, but for men, for women, yes. Um, so when you're saying like you know fasting, or intermittent fasting, you know I would understand that you know some people you know, would do so at some point. But would you recommend to do that you know in a short period of time? Um, what uh, what would be your recommendation?
0: So so the first thing is, as I mentioned, very at the very beginning, one size does not fit all, and definitely you cannot apply one recommendation to everybody. So fasting is very good in general, and our ancestors have not been eating and snacking all day long, so they ate when they had food and they were fasting the rest of the time. Uh, when you look at ha- ha, the, the the hunters and gatherers, it was the same thing. Uh, it's it's only nowadays that we have profusion of food available that we are tempted as well because it's available, it's nicely presented, etc. But as a as a as a human being race, let's say, we're uh, we have not. De- uh, developed and, and uh, evolved by eating all day long. So uh, this is something completely new in our lifestyle. And we are starting to see the problems uh, due to that. So when we say fasting, if if I am eating three meals a day and not snacking and not eating between eight in the evening until eight in the morning, I cannot really call that fasting. It's just the, the, the basic way of uh, how we should be eating. Now, if I move into fasting, um longer like 14 hours or uh, 16 hours and more uh, yes there are in some cases it's not recommended especially with people who have thyroid problems so hypothyroidized hyperthyroid hyo- uh, sorry hypothyroid, thyroid, um or other diseases like that um fasting can stress the body, but it is usually seen as what we call a hermetic stress. Hormetic stress is a stress actually that trains your body to be able to manage bigger stress later on. So fasting is one of them, exercise is one of them. Um, when you create tension on your body for a short while, uh, it's a way of training the body to be able to handle more stress later on. Uh, So in general, it's something beneficial for for health, but I would not recommend people to go uh, from eating uh, maybe six times a day to fasting uh, OMAD, which is one meal a day. We have to do it gradually. So uh, even if I have um, a, a hormone problem, so first I address my hormonal imbalance as much as possible. And when I come to something more stable, Uh, I try to reduce my stress as much as possible, and there are many ways of doing it. There are some stressful foods, actually, for the body, and there are other techniques, actually, to to reduce stress. Uh, And once I I, I reach that level, then I can introduce another hormetic stress by fasting. But the first one is to reduce the amount of stress in, 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 in my life. Definitely agree with you. And this is what I usually do in consultations. I don't go with... Uh, Do this, this and this and that we go uh, baby steps, baby steps, depending on the situation of the person. So that's very, very key is to make what we call personalized advice and personalized nutrition advice, depending on the case of the person. Mm. Um, So
1: what what you were saying in terms of uh, meditation. So I've started meditation. On a more regular basis, you now for the past six months, I would say and um and and I think like meditation prayers you know has a lot into reducing reducing stress and we know that stress has the impact of aging of like it has a negative impact on the aging process. Um, like you know I've seen I'm going to take the example of my mom when she had you know, some... Uh, uh concerns or or issues you know with one of us, either me or my sister um like we could see like you know like having some white hair so and 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 this has like the stress um or the worries uh uh create you know this impact on our body and and I remember this, but indeed like I think that all of this is Probably like a way of reducing stress in different ways, like the stress that food has. Uh, sorry, the way that um, uh, uh, how the food can create stress for our body internally.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, we, you were saying, like, you know, excess of food. So when we have like too much excess, then our body has to work like much more to digest and we can feel it. You no, know, we feel like so heavy, bloated, tired, because all the energy is going like inside to digest the food that we are eating. Inflammatory, yes, because it it asks the body to add more um, elements. I don't know how you would call that because I'm not the expert on this, but to ensure that, you know, it tried to make it work, but it cannot. Uh, The environmental, you know, diet or stressor that we have like around us, um, so yeah,
0: it has a lot of to do like with stress actually. Absolutely. So stress is is a big one actually. If, well, just to maybe uh, give a bigger picture, so the scientists uh, scientific community agrees at the moment there are like three big factors for aging. One of them is being stress. One of them being ox- the oxida- oxidative stress, like the free radicals. So the free radicals, as you mentioned before, can come from uh, different sources. Uh, And inflammation, so really those three three legs of of the chair about uh, the the factors that bring us to to aging more. Um, Oxidative stress and what we call oxidative load can be addressed with two things. Uh, Well, it's, it's mainly one thing, which is antioxidants. But antioxidants can be, uh, through our food, through what we call water-soluble antioxidants. So, for example, vitamin C is a, a water-soluble um, antioxidant. You can find vitamin C in, usually we think about orange and orange juice, uh, but that's just one of them. You can have it uh, in leafy greens, you can have it in pepper, peppers, you can have it in parsley, uh, if you enjoy... Um, uh, the, the, the Lebanese salad with lots of parsley. I don't know, uh, what do you call it? Taboule. Taboule the yeah. is made with lots of parsley, uh, a little bit of tomatoes, a little bit of grains, which is wheat. Uh, and actually, in France, we have completely changed the ratios. We put lots of couscous, a little bit of parsley. That's not the point. The point is to enrich it in um, parsley, which is rich in vitamin C. Uh, That's one of the nutrients it has, but it's very, very important. So the um, water-soluble antioxidants are very effective for uh, counteracting the damage of DNA. So if you want to do prevention of cancer, metabolic syndrome, blood sugar sugar regulation, uh, cardiovascular disease, etc., one of the key things to do is to increase your water-soluble antioxidants, and the the best one being glutathione. Glutathione, uh, you have it, usually you don't have it in your food. You can find a few food that have glutathione, but actually it's produced by the body. If you give the body enough, sorry, sorry, the nutrient it needs, which are sulfur, uh, amino acids, um, um, and... Um, I think magnesium as well. So there are a few nutrients it needs and the body will create glutathione and protect you uh, in general. That that being one thing, the antioxidants, the water soluble. The other antioxidants we usually don't think about are the fat soluble antioxidants uh, like vitamin A, vitamin E, CoQ10, beta carotene. These are what we call the fat soluble. They are in anything which is fat. Uh, And these are going to protect more uh, the cell membrane and the mitochondria. Mitochondria are those little um, energy producing uh, um, organelles inside the cells. So if your energy is low, maybe your mitochondria are not producing enough um, energy. And therefore, one of the ways to protect them so that they can do their work correctly, is to give them antioxidants and the fat soluble ones is what they need.
1: So where do we find the fat soluble ones?
0: Okay, so vitamin A, the first one, is usually available in uh, animal products and only in animal products. So we'd find it in uh, butter, for example, you would find it in liver, cod liver, uh, fatty fish, goat cheese, egg yolks, this is where you find the what we call vitamin A, the uh, preformed vitamin A It's already available. Uh, There is another um, there is another way of getting vitamin A in the body, you take beta carotene. So anything rich in beta carotene would be yellow, orange or green, usually vegetables or fruits. So you would uh, find it in kale, spinach, chards, lettuce, arugula, uh, but also carrots, tomato, uh, sweet potato, etc., cetera, watermelon, uh, cantaloupe, um, pepper, like the colored pepper, etc. All those are rich in beta-carotene, and beta-carotene can convert in the body into pro-vitamin A. But not everybody does the conversion, and you need a lot of beta-carotene to make a little bit of pro-vitamin A. So that's why we usually recommend to have a little bit of animal Products that come with vitamin A already and then the rest will, the body will make it. So, so that but, was vitamin
1: A. Yeah, so question on the food or ingredients now for the beta-carotene. Is it better to eat them raw or cooked?
0: As long as, I mean, you can have them both and uh, raw or cooked, but if you have them cooked, cook them in something that has fat because it's a fat soluble and eat it with the fat. If you put them in, uh, in, um, in water, anyway, whatever, wherever you cook something is better not to throw the water because I usually would lose the, the, the vitamins that come with it. So in this case, it's better to put a little bit of olive oils or ghee or coconut oil or a little bit of butter as well and not cook it at high temperature and have them. Okay. Okay, so you we're, we're talking about like vitamin A, beta-carotene, but there is also, in terms of fatty, uh, fat soluble antioxidants, you have vitamin E. So vitamin E is uh, is very important for many things. It protects the skin from aging, from sunburns, from oxidation, etc. It prevents the, um, the wrinkles. You find it in many um, uh, anti-aging products that you put on, on your skin directly, but you can eat it as well from the inside and it will have the, the same effect and, and very good effects, not only on your skin, but on all your cells. So vitamin E-rich food are leafy greens, avocados, broccoli, asparagus, um, argan oil. In Morocco, we we love argan oil. It's very, very rich in uh, vitamin E. Um, You have as well uh, olive oil, some nuts and seeds, and... um, Palm oil. So palm oil is used, and and I like actually talking about controversial topics like palm oil. So palm oil is rich in vitamin E, but palm oil is seen as very unhealthy because it's rich in saturated fats as well. Saturated fats are not bad for health. Uh, In big quantities, yes, but the idea is to eat a diversity of fats, like we are talking about eating a diversity of fibers, we should be eating a diversity of fats as well. And saturated fats are one of them, and we should be having them. Palm oil is very bad for the environment, not for our health. As long as it's eco-friendly, produced in an eco-friendly way, and there are brands actually that are certified eco-friendly, we could have that. But it's very little on the market. I agree. But I just wanted to make the point clear to people that palm oil is specifically not good for the environment the way it is produced. So this is vitamin E, uh, and the last one is CoQ10. So CoQ10, um, it it helps us generate energy at a cellular level. So that's something very important for the heart. So people who have heart problems, for example, they need to supplement in CoQ10 usually. Uh, but also CoQ10, it does combat the signs of aging. So we try to have it uh, in, in our food. And we in terms of supplements, it's usually very expensive, whereas we could have it almost for free in the food that we eat. Uh, you find it mainly in organ meats, the heart, because I, as I mentioned, the, the heart needs CoQ10 to function and to keep beating all day long. Uh, and therefore, if we eat, the heart and the liver and the kidney, but especially the heart is very rich in CoQ10. But you can also find CoQ10 in beef and poultry, in fat and fatty fish. And if you decide to go for more plant-based, you find uh, CoQ10 in spinach, cauliflower, broccoli, uh, some fruits like uh, strawberries, oranges, uh, in legumes uh, like lentils and peanuts. Um, what else? And you can find them as well in sesame seeds, so tahini and uh, nice hummus. Or if you want to make some cookies with uh, with sesame seeds, so that's amazing. Uh, pistachio as well uh, is 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 nice and rich in uh, coq10. And the last one is whole grains. So um, usually people, when they think about carbohydrates, they decide to stop all carbohydrates, even the because it, it's, uh, it, it's gonna, it, 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 it gonna ri- raise the, the blood sugar and all that. That's true if it is refined, but whole grains, um, especially if you eat them not as a flour, but more as a grain, as a whole grain, and you cook your, your uh, quinoa or your buckwheat or your amaranth or your um, brown rice, how it is supposed to be. A flour, even if it is a brown flour, it is processed. It's not really what we call a whole grain. Mm,
1: interesting. It's, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm doing the, the link between obviously like beauty, skincare, and as you said, uh, vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E yeah. is being used so much for the past five years in the skincare industry um where actually you know i mean we could use all this anti-aging food naturally you know from earth from what we're producing um and uh, and in uh, coq10 it's uh, one of the supplements that i that i'm uh, um, that i'm having at the moment and i could see that for the past i would say three months and i'm seeing much more energy Mm-hmm. Um, that I used to that I used to have I also have I mean I this is what I've been noticing of what I believe as well is unfortunately the the food that are being supplied to us today um maybe where we live like in Dubai because we don't produce a lot of food in Dubai everything is being imported and therefore um the the nutrients that the food would have is being depleted, unfortunately. And therefore, I believe that what we eat is not empty, but is less potent than what we would have if we were living, I don't know, in, in Egypt or in Lebanon or in France or in all those countries or in Italy, in all those countries that are producing their own food. And obviously they're import, exporting, but also keeping a large um, amount you know, for their own population.
0: I agree with you. So actually the the, the, the longer a fruit or vegetable will wait uh, until it's transported and arrived to you, the longer it's stored, etc., the, the, the more it's depleted actually from vitamins and even from minerals. It, it degrades. So that's unfortunate, but that's true. And Dubai being uh, a little bit far from, so we're not producing enough locally and, and uh, importing lots of uh, produce. Um, we we don't have the freshest uh, fruits and vegetables. It looks fresh, but because it's stored and they are using gases, they are using um, uh, even um, uh, how do you call that waxes. So I was sharing that on one of my stories the other day. Uh, the apples are, actually look very shiny. They are uh, like uh, they, they are shiny because they w- put wax on them, and wax actually make them kind of preserve a little bit of the, their content, but that wax actually is slowing down our digestion later on. So it's, it's not always the best, uh, the best thing to live in a country that does not produce enough, pr- enough fruits and vegetables locally. This is
1: so interesting that you're saying that because indeed when I'm touching an apple, obviously they all look like amazing, but I can always feel this kind of thin layer around it. And I'm washing my apples. You now every time I need to. Um, I mean, I'm eating them before, and uh, this
0: is so you interesting. Yeah. Lo, you should wash them with um, not hot water because actually wax will will dissolve with with hot water. So hot or like, uh, uh, lukewarm water so that the the wax dissolves. So it's not just cold water.
1: So interesting,
0: Asthma, I mean.
1: I feel that, you know, we've been spending more than an hour uh, together, an hour and 20 minutes, something like that. And I feel that we dive straight into, um, I mean, the topic that we wanted to talk about and like, indeed, the impact of sugar, not of sugar, (laughs) but obviously, I guess, sugar, but food on, on aging. But actually, I didn't ask you like one question is, what does it mean to be a naturopathic chef? what do you do, what, uh, how do you help people?
0: All right, well, I, um, I help people and companies. In Dubai, I started actually working more, co- more with, with companies than before. Uh, basically, my objective is to empower people with, um, with knowledge. So I love educating, I love sharing the knowledge so that people can decide where to put the, the level of changes that they want to introduce in their life. Uh, when they understand how the body works, what are the nutrients the body needs? What are the, maybe the chemical processes that happen in the background? They understand why they need to make the change. And what are the symptoms actually that happen if they don't? So, so when you understand the whole picture, you're more empowered to, to make a change. So I um, what I do is um, f- like food coaching for for people. Uh, individually or as a group, I do uh, cooking classes as well, uh, master classes about uh, naturopathic eating um, in companies or with the individuals. And um, something new is about uh, working with schools and nurseries about their. Um, the, the recipes in their catering what they are offering to the children uh, at school uh, this is this is really a good one because when um, the kids eat actually something that is tasty and nutritious it it's th- this is the best of both worlds actually we don't want them just to have a nutritious food we want them to enjoy it come back to, to come back home and and be open to eat those kind of food at home as well and the last part is about uh, helping companies actually develop healthier recipes as well so um, uh, my objective is to um, inspire more uh, companies startups etc in the food uh, industry to produce healthier options for people i would love people to to make their uh, their snacks at home or their food at home but not everybody has the time people are busy especially in dubai and other places in the world so we have to be realistic and Understand that we need to buy things which are ready, but then we have to have um, the offer available in in the markets and supermarkets, etc.
1: So, um, what you do is, is really to educate people.
0: It, I, I I see my role a lot about educating, and I do some I do consultations as well, like personalized. This is when people want to have usually a a, a health problem, a health condition. And, and it's all. It's not only one thing, usually they have this and that and that and that, and therefore they need somebody in to, to be able to connect the dots for them and to advise um, uh, something that can work for all those conditions together. And this is something really I was trained on. So we were trained on uh, food and the nutrition in the food, but also food for health. Uh, that was about, we, we studied uh, different um, health conditions. So from uh, diabetes to in- insulin resistance in general, cardiovascular problems, endocrine problems. So to do with our hormones, but also cancer uh, and, and um, skin problems like acne, al- allergies, et cetera. So I can help people with many, uh, many ail- ailments or, or symptoms that they have in their life. Asma, do you
1: work with some doctors or some gut health coach um, and, and, and helping you know, their clients you know, indeed to change the way that they're eating?
0: Not yet. I so I arrived to Dubai about a year ago, and so I spent about maybe the first six months just settling in this new uh, country and understanding how Dubai works. Uh, and since I uh, I started about uh, in, in February uh, 2022 here, I um, I have not have yet the time actually to do that, but I would love to. I need actually to uh, develop my network uh, because many times I'm seeing uh, people who need like initial help from either a doctor or a nutritionist, etc. So I'm starting surrounding myself uh, by um, health practitioners. uh, And, um, but not yet into the level of being uh, working with them on a daily basis.
1: Is that, is, is that one of your objectives that what you would like to do?
0: More? I would, yes, I would love to. I would love to because if we, so, so so for the moment when I see people like even in, in, in my, in the WhatsApp groups or, or uh, on Instagram or LinkedIn where, they, they uh, either post something about uh, their health. I try to help them with sharing what I know. And when I see that there is something specific, I would give the name of a few practitioners that I know, but I'm not yet like collaborating officially with uh, with them.
1: Okay, so now we're spreading the word. We're manifesting it for you. and uh, And hopefully, you know, they will be in touch with you or you will be able to have more exposure um and and to work you know with some uh, of those experts um as we're getting to the end of uh, our conversation of this episode uh that i absolutely loved i think that what i'm going to take out of it personally is um i think i want to throw myself into this challenge of removing sugar <laughs> of my dad it, you know we had this conversation you know, together you have a sweet tooth uh sweet tooth as well I, that I have and and for me I know it's it's a big challenge um but I can see today the negative impact that I have on my skin on my body as well and even this morning I was like my god what are the spots that I'm having like you know on me it need to stop <laughs> you cannot like continue like this so I think that First this, uh, then removing probably, uh, you know, the, the canola oil that I think from time to time we're still using. Um, and, uh, and I would ensure that I'm fasting in the way that, you know, the 12 hours uh, stop eating at eight and, you know, eating again, like, you know, my breakfast, like the next morning, though, you say like, it's not really like fasting. It's more like, you know, how we should all do it. But for me, I'm going to take this you know, as a test.
0: Absolutely. This is great. Well done. Asma, where can we
1: find you? How can we get in touch with you?
0: Well, I'm uh, very active on Instagram. um starting uh, being active on LinkedIn as well. Um, but people can reach me uh, directly. So you can have my contact details on both social media and then contact me over there. Uh, my website, actually, I have something online, but I'm working uh, with a company to uh, develop something better where I can really spread the word and raise awareness about uh, food and food for health and personalized nutrition. So, so what, that... is, what is your Instagram? Authentic Spoon. So, authentic uh, with a K. Instead of C, authentic spoon in one word. Okay, and your LinkedIn? And my LinkedIn is Asma Lalu. So the full name, uh, first name, last name, all together. Amazing. Look, uh,
1: if you are deciding to change the way that you're eating or uh, that's going to be part of your change uh, of living as well, your lifestyle, uh, if you want to have more information, if you're going through... Uh, some difficulties, some maybe part of an illness you want to recover. Uh, asthma is your person. You could see she's so knowledgeable. Uh, I could keep on having this conversation for hours and hours, but we all have other things to do, like today starting, you know, it's Monday, uh, start of the week and uh, and asthma. thank you so much for being with us today. Um, and, uh, I know that you have, there's one of your workshop coming soon, uh, that I'm going to attend, I think on the 14th of November that I can't wait. It's all about indeed all the hormonal uh, disruptors that we can find in the environment and, uh, how can we be more aware of them and probably how can we fight, uh, against them if, if we can, if I can say so
0: absolutely thank you for having me Laure. it was amazing I love uh, sharing my knowledge and especially to uh, people who are health conscious who know that we can do something about it that's amazing so thank you for having me
1: thank you so much for joining me in this episode today if you enjoy it please rate it with five stars leave a comment and share it with at least two of your friends This will help the podcast to be more visible and high in the rank. I cannot wait to have you in my next episode to talk more about beauty. In the meantime, take care of yourself and remember, be your own kind of beautiful.